see my move on the left and the right. Don't forget about me. For I need you to live. God, I need you. In Jesus' name. name we all say amen would you embrace your neighbor and tell him I know somehow we're gonna make it we're gonna make it you to take out your notes, if you will, tonight. Thank you. Take out your notes from last week. If you don't have them, I would encourage you to get with somebody who does and let's work through this together. I want to continue the lesson that I started with you on last Wednesday. I'm teaching from this, from this perspective, what does God really want from me? That's the title of our lesson. What does God really want from me? What does he want from me? What does he want from me? Worship is more than a service. We understood on last week that what God wants from us is worship. And I began to unpack that and I want to continue that tonight. We said on last week that worship is more than a service. Worship is more than a song. And that worship is is an expression, it's an action, it's an offering, it's a lifestyle. Let me pause here for a moment, I wanna go back to the beginning. If you all would, please note the monitors. So we determined on last Wednesday that worship is more than a service. That worship is more than a what class? It's more than a song. But that worship is an expression. It's an action. Worship is an offering. Worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. I then said to you on last week, that worship is how we connect with the God of the universe. And as we draw closer to him, he draws even closer to us. That's what we, um, 
we hung our hats there and understanding what worship is. Now, I said to you all that all of us worship something. But then I wanted to define what worship is. And here it is, this is what I gave you on last week. That worship is our response to what we value the most. Worship is our response to what we value the most. The Bible gives unto us in information regarding worship, and one of the things the Bible says to us about worship is that in the last days, the Bible says that there's going to be a generation in the last days that will worship other things rather than worshiping God. That there will be a group of people that will worship other things rather than worshiping God. Where God belongs, we will end up putting other things in the place where God belongs. In Romans chapter 1, if you will, Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to look at verses 21 through 23, and I'd like for you to open your Bibles there, if you will. In Romans 21 through 23, there are some highlights I want you to be able to make as we go through this. God says to us very candidly, that um, there's going to be a generation of persons that in the last days will worship other things rather than me. In Romans chapter 1, verse 23, here's what it says. It says, for although they knew God, for although they what class? For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Next verse, please. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Now, if you would, Patricia, Patricia, take me back to the beginning of that verse, if you will. Thank you. Notice what he says, although they what, class? Although they knew God. I want to put a pin here, Sister Jeanette, and tell you all that this verse, Deacon Walston, is y'all designed for people who already claim to know God? This verse is for people who claim to know God. This is addressed to the church. This verse is addressed, this passage is addressed to those of us who are already Christians, who are believers. He says, although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Um, they, they know what they know. 
and they think they know more than God. They feel this crowd who are believers, who are Christians, who are part of the church, feels as though they know what's best for them. Sound like us, doesn't it? Here's the problem, though. Though they, in fact, think that they know what's best for them, the problem is they are foolish. As a result of them being foolish, watch the mood that they, the move that they make. Give me the very next verse, next part of that verse. And they exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, birds and animals and reptiles. You see that? For they made what I call you all the great exchange. If you had a chance on your Bible, if you have your, if you can underline, I'd like for you to underline that word exchange because that's where I want to hang my hat primarily on tonight. They, they, we have an exchange. We've exchanged God for something else. Now, I want to suggest to you all tonight that every time we do the exchange where we place God out of the priority slot and we put things in his slot, whenever we do that, they ought to go ahead and just hang a sign around our neck that says out of order. Because our lives become out of order the moment we take God out of place. Our lives become out of order the moment we move God out of his place. We feel like we know what's best for us. But the verse tells us, it tells us in our wisdom, we become fools. We become fools. Watch what it says. Get back to the beginning if you don't mind. Here it is. But although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. They thought they knew what was best for them. They thought that they was doing what they felt was most needed for their own self-interest. And although they claimed to be wise, because can't nobody tell them nothing, they know what they know, and they know they know what they know. No one can tell them, because they claim to be wise, they become, however, in their wiseness, fools. Here's why. Because they exchange, next verse please, they exchange, they literally exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles, y'all. And here is the problem with that. How can we worship what we create? How do you begin to worship what you create? Now, what I want to do tonight, I want to, I want to, I want to list five things that I believe that we have exchanged for God being in his proper place. Five things that I believe we've exchanged in the place of God. Five things I believe that we have put in the place of God. Trust me, I'm going to give you something that you can take back with you, so please pull out your notes and help me write. Put it on your phone. Do whatever you got to do. I want you to understand that we, in fact, 
are going to look at some things that we've placed in the place of God. And um, the first one I want to give you all tonight is not necessarily a real thing, but I couldn't find, out, find a word to figure out how to say it or, you know, to make it work. So I won't give you all what I, what, I, what I believe will help you to figure it out yourself. And you can put how, whatever makes sense to you in this place, in the place of the word. Here's number one. Number one is substitution. 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 Which really can be whatever you have substituted God for. That's all. See, I, I couldn't give an exhaustive list of what you have substituted God for, but you know what you've substituted God for. So I just use the word substitution. I use the word substitution, Sister Karen, so I could be general and apply to you, and you can just fill in the blank, Kim. You put in what has caused you to in fact move God out of his place and put whatever that substitution is in God's place. So now here it is, y'all. Whatever that is, just go ahead and write it down. An example, let me give y'all an example. An example could be, um, could be football, where I've moved, I've, I've moved God from, from number one and I placed football there. Um, you didn't like that one. How about golf? You didn't like that one either. Okay, maybe you like this one. How about shopping? Oh, yeah, I got you there. Okay. Um, how about gambling? So whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, I don't know what it is that you have. I just wanted to kind of throw some things out there to give you a lead way on how you can begin to locate what your substitution is. But those are, whatever it is, you can become so consumed with, so consumed with it. You're watching it. You are playing it. You are doing it. You are thinking about it. You are asking, when can I do it again? You go to bed dreaming about it. You wake up still thinking about it. Whatever that it is that you dream, think about, try to do, want to do, I'm telling you, if that has become um, the, 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 the thing that has gotten in the place of God, God says, I need you to take a look at that. Because it's that thing that has really caused there to be danger in the relationship between you and God. And if we're not careful, that thing will be something that we are continually thinking about and causing us to misplace our focus or our attention. It consumes our money. It consumes our time. It consumes our devotion. It consumes our schedule. If God, y'all, is, 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 is not in his proper place and that peace is in God's place, then we are in danger. I do want you all to note this. I said it last week, Brother James. I said this last week. This is what I said last week, you all. I said to you all that God is not against things. Let the church say amen. amen. He's not against things. He's not against you adoring things. The problem is, is whenever you make the thing more adorable than you make God, when you place that thing above God, that's where the problem comes in. So now, um, um, uh, they, the problem with, with these things is when we exchange God for the thing. 
Jesus. It's not good when we have literally allowed those things that have a higher place, have a higher place in our heart than he does. You have to judge for yourself. Whatever that is, I can't tell you what that is. You've got to judge whatever that is. That's why I use the word substitution. Now, I do need you all to note that when you look at the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, the Psalms scribes for us, the, the Psalms describe for us what worship looks like to God. So when you look at the book of Psalms, 150 of the Psalms that we see in the book of Psalms, when you look at those Psalms, that book describes for us what worship looks like to God. The book is dedicated to worshiping God. It's God's love language. Now, when you get there, here's what you're going to find in the book of Psalms. Sister Shalondas, I guarantee you, if you look in the book of Psalms, you're going to see this. You're going to see clapping. You're going to see shouting, you're going to see dancing, you're going to see the lifting of hands. Throughout the entire Psalms, I guarantee you, you're going to come across the expression of worship because that's what the Psalms does. Now, if I could get you to look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 6, verse 14 through 15, here's what it says. Do not follow other little g-gods. You see that? Now remember you all, whatever we have, we have taken and put in the place of God becomes a little god. And you can determine whether it's in God's place because it demands your time your resources, your devotion. It's on your schedule. You become consumed with it. If that's the case, I'm suggesting to you all tonight that you all, we might need to rearrange some stuff. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop something on you all. You, you gotta, even if it's your family, never should that take the place of God. God is number one. Pastor, I got to take care of my family. Let me help y'all with something. When the moment you get God in his right place, he going to make sure you take care of your family. Woo! You cannot put God in his rightful place and be, and be a negligent parent. That's not how God works. So we got to make sure that God is in his rightful place. Deuteronomy, here's what it says. It says, do not follow other gods. Do not follow what class? The gods of the people around you. For the Lord your God, who's among you, wait for it, y'all, is what? He's a jealous God, and his anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Do not, do not follow other gods. God's. God says, I am, wait for it, a jealous God. God says this to, he told me to tell you, listen, he said, I want you to, I wish you could get excited for me like you get excited for the thing that motivates you. Now, I don't know what that is, but you know, you have written it down by now because I use the word substitution. God says, whatever you have written down on your paper, I wish you could get excited for me 
like you get excited for that. I wish, I wish, I wish you prepared for me like you prepare for that which you get excited for. God, God said, I wish you showed up early for me like you do for the thing that you get excited for. Y'all, isn't it amazing when we come to worship on Sunday that um, only about one-fourth of the church is in the place at 8.45? But by the time I get up to preach, by the time I get up to preach, it's almost three-quarters full. Watch this. But if I was going to a football game, Tailgating, Dion, indicates I ought to get there hours before the game start. Come on, please talk to me, y'all. Gosh, I, I, I'm looking for somebody who could, who, could, who could get excited for me like they do for the stuff that you place in the substitute category. I, I want to know, I want to know, can you come and prepare for me like you prepare for that? Ah, man, love, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what this is now, uh, Nicole, they got this new, you know, they got these watch parties out now where, you know, you, you, um, when people go to the proms, you know, we just came out of the prom season and back in June and people going to the proms, going to the proms and uh, I get these invitations now from my nieces and my nephews. Hey, um, we, we, I'm, I'm, my prom is, um, 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 tonight and, um, and, we're going we to get together at the house. I discover that the prom that takes place at 8 o'clock at night, they've been preparing since 8 o'clock that morning. Am I in the right house? You all got relatives like that too? Yeah. 8 o'clock, some of y'all done done it too, so don't even have to act like it. Eight o'clock in the morning, we got to get the makeup artist in, gotta, I got to take her to the hairdresser, got to get the tuxedo picked up, got to get your haircut, you know, Dion, get the edges, the, the lines, you know, nice, got to put the dark, the black in, you know, so, that, so the lines show up and pop. I got to make sure that my shoes are right, got the right socks on, got the right suspenders, my car is nice and clean, I got everything. Yo, I mean, we done spent the whole day Y'all ain't talking to me. A whole day getting ready for one event. If I asked y'all to come one hour early, I know I'm right because I got a hard time getting the servers to be here, y'all, for call time. Because we don't see the need to make God first. I'm doing the best I can, y'all. I'm trying my best to teach tonight. But I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I am giving you practical things to know that God says this is what I'm asking you for. Y'all, we, we'll get up two hours early to get ready for work, to drive through traffic. Just to sit in traffic so we can honor Caesar. Here's why. 
because Caesar gives us a paycheck. <laughs> oh, man, y'all better sit me down tonight. Huh? And, you, and you fail to realize, Lady Moore, that the only reason why I can go to get the paycheck is because God gave me strength to go do it. Y'all, y'all, see, all I'm trying to say to y'all, here's the grandmama cornbread version of this, you all. All I'm trying to say is stop putting the cart before the horse. Don't look at me like that. I'm, I'm talking to you straight. Y'all, we keep putting the cart before the horse. The reason why I have the brains that I have is because God gave it to me. Oh, man. Y'all a little different than the 12 noon crowd. I was halfway through my lesson by the for the 12 noon by now, but y'all made me go a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. He says, um, um, I, I only wish you could, could get excited for me like you get excited for all of these other things. He says, uh, just want you, I want you to make me a priority in your heart. I don't mind you having other things. I just have a problem when they have a higher priority in your heart than I do. Y'all, sometimes we exchange God and we worship God for that substitution. Let me give you number two. I'm not going to finish this tonight, so I'm going to just go ahead and take my time with the rest of this. Um, here's number two, pride. Pride. Y'all, we exchange God in our worship to God for, for pride. In other words, our pride gets in the way. Now, what I mean about, about pride is, y'all, in your heart, you want to worship God, but you are afraid of what people will think and say. So here's the question I want to raise to you tonight. Should that really bother you? Y'all, we become so concerned and, and consumed with how we are going to be perceived by others that we've allowed pride to come in the place where God ought to be and we've moved God out. Pride, pride. Y'all, please write this down if you don't mind. It amazes me how we can be so concerned about what people think and not be concerned about what God thinks. It's amazing to me. I know we live in a culture, you all. We live in a culture where we need people to like what we do. I mean, y'all, we got on, on, on our social media, could you like my page? <laughs> I mean, we post stuff so we can see how many likes we can get. Because we're living in a society that's, that is like crazed. I mean, crazed for likes. I just want to have, have all the likes I can get. I want you to like me. It's amazing how we can be so consumed about what people think about us and not be concerned about what God thinks. Oh, we'll argue you down about what you think about us. We'll change stuff 
so you can think nice about us. We'll post stuff that we think, you know, we want you, we're we watching you. Would you please like it? Just, just click on the thing like or something. And I'm trying to figure out why. Why are we driven by this culture-crazed, like kind of society where we need you to like me or I care about what you concern about what you think about me and not be concerned about what God thinks about me? This is the very same thing that Jesus dealt with in the Gospel of John. I want you all to see this. John chapter 12, verse 42 through 43, I think. I want you to see it. Um, wow. Look at what it says here. Yet at the same time, even among the leaders, wow. <laughs> this is what he's saying. He says, yet at the same time, many, even among the what? Leaders. So it's not enough just for the people to have done it, but the leaders are doing it. Watch what he says. He says, yet at, a, at, the, same time, at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him, believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. Watch this. Here it is. For they loved human praise more than praise from our God. Y'all see that? Y'all, <laughs> let this not be true of us that we really want to worship God and we're not concerned about what people think. Let's worship God because, y'all, he's, 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 he alone is worthy to be praised. I'm going to do this last one. Uh, this, I'm doing my, the, it's not the last one, but it's my third one. Let me give this to you. Um, so we've exchanged, we've exchanged, we've exchanged God and our worship for God for pride. The first one was substitution. Here's the third one, hedonism. We've exchanged God for hedonism, hedonism. My earlier crowd had a hard time with this one. I need to tell you all, we live in a hedonistic society. So, Pastor, what, what is hedonism? Hedonism is the belief that pleasure in happiness is the goal of life. That's hedonism. That pleasure and happiness is the goal of life. In other words, you measure how you're supposed to live based on whether or not it feels good. It becomes a life based on morals, or rather not based on morals, but on feelings. It becomes a life that's not based on responsible choices, but on feelings. Y'all, when you start talking about a hedonistic lifestyle, we're talking about somebody whose life is not based on morals, but based on feelings. Does it feel good to me? And I want to suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, that this is not a good way to live your life. 
Let me give you this. Please write this down if you don't mind. Take it back with you. You're not going to like this, but I want to give it to you. Here it is. Your feelings cannot be trusted. Your feelings cannot be what? Can't be trusted. Mm -mm. No. I'm going to just drop the bombshell right here and tell you right now, you can't trust your feelings. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Because some of y'all don't trust your feelings. Girl, I know, I know, I know he the one. I, I feel it. Come on, you don't, come on, don't shake your head now. I'm, I'm talking true. You, you knew, you, you, your feelings said that wasn't nobody like her. Y'all, y'all help me. Read that to me again. What does it say, y'all? Do me a favor, lean over and tell your neighbor, your feelings can't be trusted. Now, I want, I want to help y'all with something, y'all. Y'all, feelings are wonderful. They're wonderful. And there's nothing like feeling the presence of God in worship. Y'all with me? It's nothing like feeling the presence of God in worship. I'm going to do that again. It's nothing like feeling the presence of God in worship. But I need you to know something, that that's not the goal of worship. Feeling the presence of God in worship is a great feeling, but that's not the goal of worship. Push the rewind button again. I said feeling the presence of God is a wonderful experience in worship. But that's not the goal of worship. Y'all, we are not in worship to give any of us a feeling. We are in worship to give God what he deserves, whether I feel it or not. Mm. 12 noon crowd was better than y'all. Y'all, y'all, I, I want to come to church and feel God. Ought to be able to feel the presence of God. No, no, that's not the goal for your coming to church. Your goal for coming to church is to give God what he deserves, whether you feel it or not. You know, if, if James don't sing, and if, uh, 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 if uh, Sister Leah's not here, and she doesn't do that song, I just don't feel it. Baby, I'm sorry. Your feeling it has nothing to do with James or her. Ask me why. Because neither one of them woke your behind up this morning. Neither one of them is keeping you, y'all, and sustained with life. None of you are doing, y'all, that's not them, that's God. So I don't come to church and get involved in the worship because they are making me feel like I ought to do that. No, I'm doing it because God deserves it. God, he, des he deserves it. God deserves it. He deserves it. God literally deserves Y'all, we're not in worship to give any of us a feeling. We are in worship to give God what he deserves. Pastor, you sure? I'm glad y'all asked me. Take me over to Hebrews 13 for a moment, please. Hebrews 13, verse 15. 
Hebrews. I want, I want Hebrews 13. Remember, Chela, this is the wrong verse for me. I need verse 15 for me. I need verse 15. Verse 15. I want to go there and I'll come down to verse 16. But I want to go to verse 15. You got, you got 16 on the screen, but I need verse 15. I want you all to see this, y'all. When you get there, in Hebrews 13, verse 15. You all got your Bibles open for me? All right, watch what it says. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. All right? Here's what it says in the New King James Version. I gave you the NIV. Here's what it says. Therefore to him, therefore by him, let us, what? What's that word? Continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Watch this. Y'all, listen, listen, listen. He says, let us do what? Con what? That means whether I feel like it or not. Whether my singer is singing, whether my worship leader is leading, whether my preacher is preaching, let us continually offer the what? Wait a minute. Stop there. Sacrifice. Hold on. Continually? Sacrifice? Wait a minute. Do you all know that sacrifice costs? Whether you feel it or not, I got to pay the cost. I want to help you all to see what God wants from you. He wants your worship, but he don't want you to just walk up here and act like you're doing him a favor. Because you just showed, your, showed up. No, he says, I need you to continually, not, not whether you feel it or not, continually Offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of your what? Y'all, listen, God knows, y'all, Sister Judy, it's easy for us to do this. That's easy. God says, I want to know, can you open your mouth and tell me something from your heart? God, Preston, you're teaching. I'm doing the best I can. I want to know, can you open your heart and give me something from your lips giving thanks to his name. He said, I, I just, I, I need you to, to do that. He, let, let us continually, not if we feel like it. I, I'm giving it whether I feel it or not. It's better when it costs me something. Now, watch this. You say, but pastor, that's not my personality. <laughs> But what if it's God's personality? What, what if God likes it? Huh? What, what, if you were in a relationship, do you, want, do you want the person you're in relationship with to love you based upon what they think you ought to have from them as love? Or do you want them to love you based on what you feel how you ought to be loved. Y'all, y'all, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't love you based on what I like. I have to find out what you like, and I have to serve you if I'm going to love you with that. So, y'all, it ain't about what you like. 
ain't about your, per- you know, it's not my personality. It, it's not about your personality. It's about what God, what God, it's about what God wants from us. Not what he wants. Okay, are you going to date somebody who going to be in relationship with you based on what they feel the relationship ought to have? Or do you want them to find out what you would like in the relationship? The latter? Mm, that's, y'all, it's been a long time for some of y'all. I'm trying to get I ask you, are you going to, do you want to enter into a relationship where the person you are dating is only concerned about what they want? Or do you want someone to be concerned about what you, in fact, would like to have too? Well, that's how God operates. God says, I, I know you say this ain't your personality, but it ain't about what you want. It's about what I would like to have. And I'd like to have you to love on me. And I ought to be able to choose how I want you to love on me. That makes sense to me, y'all. It ain't my personality. I ain't going to be lifting my hands and I ain't going to be shouting and singing and dancing. But you do it for everything else. And then you want God to believe that he is priority. God scores a touchdown. Don't nobody have to hit you to get up and cheer. You just do it. Favorite song comes on, y'all. Ain't nobody got to tell you, sing along. Which is no singing self. You just go to singing. As if you're the only one Who's singing? I always, I always like it when we have parties here at the church and, um, and we put the Cuban sh- shuffle. Is that what it's called, Kim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cupid, Cuban, it don't matter to me. It don't matter, C-U-B-I-T or C-U-B-A, it don't matter to me. All I know is, when it comes on, something happens to us. I mean, y'all, some of the most saved folk in the house. I mean, the tongue-talking people. Y'all, with no rhythm at all. I'm going to try to do it too. But the moment we have worship with God, it's something totally different. Y'all, I'm like, man. And then we say this, Nicole, it's, it's not in my personality. This ain't about you. All right, I got two more to give you that I want to give you tonight. I don't have time tonight. Let me thank you for your time. Um, we've exchanged worship of God for Substitution for pride. Number three is hedonism. 
I'll give you four and five next week if you're brave enough to come back. Because I want you to know what we have placed in God's place. God said, I don't want to have you substituting me out for the things I've given to you to be a blessing. Now don't confuse the blesser with the blessing. Because whenever that happens, the blessor gets shortchanged in the process. I want to understand the role of every one of these things. I want to understand the person who's doing the who, who's blessing me. That's God. And I want to keep the blessing in its proper place. So that me, the blessor, can continue to get from God like I've never gotten before. Every head's bowed.